Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Well, welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all the other places you get your podcasts. I am Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. With me today, I have Mason. You can find him on Twitter at BarnburnerSlim. Today, we're going to look take a quick look back at the Memphis USF game from this past weekend. Preview the Cincinnati matchup and just give some overall thoughts on the way things are trending and how we're feeling about our beloved Tigers. Mason, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm still riding the John Morant, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks high from last night's win over the Rockets, but uh, excited to talk about some Tigers. Today was kind of a, a dreary day in Tiger Nation, it seemed like. Uh, Penny had like his first ever press conference where people say he was short. Yeah, uh, I, I just got through watching it. He's kind of snippy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, maybe it's conference season, you know, so maybe he's just locked in, focused, and something went wrong in practice, and he's not wanting to talk about it. Of course, uh, there are some rumors out there that Precious might have an injured ankle, or foot, but Penny said he is going to play tomorrow. And then there's some rumors circulating about uh, Lester potentially missing some games, but Penny said he would be available tomorrow. So not exactly sure what that's about and don't want to speculate uh, too much on Lester. But good, that, it's good that we have those guys with Cincinnati coming into town since he has, you know, the reigning uh, American Athletic Conference Player of the Year in Jerron Cumberland. And uh, preseason All-American all around, so it's good that we're going to be at full strength to uh, try to make it two in a row after Saturday's win or Sunday's win over U- USF. Yeah, Cincinnati played UCF, so I kept like when I was doing the research, <laughs> I kept getting confused. I had to like do a couple double takes, make sure I had the right the right middle initial there. Right, and that was a Cincy's first road win of the year. Surprisingly, yep, they were you know. Well, we can talk about the USF game a little bit before we dive into Cincy. Um, of course, we went to Tampa coming off of two losses to Georgia, which was, took place inside FedEx Forum. Then we went on the road to Wichita and lost to the Shockers, who are now in the top 10 in the NCAA net rating. Uh, probably the favorite to win the conference at this point of, in the season. Just a typical Wichita State team. Uh, they play defense. They can shoot the ball. Um, you know, tough loss for the Tigers, but we rebounded at USF, you know, having a young team, you kind of worry, like maybe these losses snowball and uh, the season gets out of control, which, you know, none of us want, but the Tigers, they got down 14 and then fought back uh, to pull it out in Tampa. What were some, some things you saw during the game or just your general thoughts on the Tigers performance? So in the game, uh, Penny moved around the starting lineup a little bit. Oh yeah, right. that's Fine. a that's a big call out for uh, for Coach Hardaway. Took Isaiah Maurice completely out of the picture. He went from <laughs> starting and playing exactly three minutes in the first half and exactly three minutes in the second half to not playing at all. Uh, and instead, 
He slotted in Malcolm Dandridge, who ended up getting 19, 19 minutes, four points, four rebounds. Uh, still, I think he's looking to get his sea legs, but I really like Malco on defense. I think he's a real good presence down there. Still has some work to do to be an off, imposing offensive presence, but defensively he slides right in, and I felt really good about him uh, down there. Definitely. Yeah, Malco, I'm not sure if he'll ever be, you know, a true offensive threat, maybe a pick and roll guy to the rim. Um, but you're right. He's still getting his sea legs. I was watching some highlights from him in East and he had bounce. Uh, and, you know, yeah. he just he just looks stiff out there right now, which you can't blame him. I mean, he's coming back from knee surgery and he, we weren't even really expecting him to play this year. Most of us were thinking he would redshirt. So he yeah. came back quicker than expected, and now he's in the starting lineup and providing quality minutes, uh, the best minutes we're getting out of a big man other outside of Precious. So, Yeah, it's just it's been so painful down there between Maurice. Lance Thomas has not impressed me. Um, I don't think he's impressed Penny too much. He hasn't been getting many minutes. He got nine the other day as the, the only big, pretty much, yeah, pretty much the only big off the bench, three points, two rebounds. He's blocked some shots, uh, but he just really hasn't made an impact, um, which has been kind of disappointing. And he's jacking up. He seems to jack up one or two threes every game. And I don't know if I've seen with my own eyes one go in. I may have missed it. But it's not his strong suit. That is not where he needs to be at this point. Right, right. Um, hey, it's better than Isaiah Maurice jacking up eight shots in six minutes. So you oh, pick dude. your poise in there. Yeah, uh, but true. the Lance has been like the most surprising player of the year just because I felt like the coaching staff was talking him up a whole lot um, as he was sitting out last year and then coming into this season. But you, you hope like he just sees a, a couple threes fall and things just turn around and, uh, you know, he, he's a valuable contributor the rest of the way. Yeah, in the so Tigers in the first half fell behind again. So that seems to be a pretty you know, pretty standard trend for the Tigers, even mixing up the starting lineup, but you know, it's a new unit. Hopefully that the rust is worn off in this next game, which Penny said he's going to keep the same starting lineup as the USF game, so we'll get a repeat of that. Uh the Tigers were down 29 to 37 at half, so down 8 to a South Florida team that was eight and eight. So it wasn't a Memphis went in four, six point favorite, I think, depending on where you look. And the second half, it, it didn't even, it didn't start off too hot, but Memphis ended up pulling away. Uh, really down the stretch, precious. I felt like just took over and decided I'm going to do this all by myself. 22 points, 11 rebounds, five blocks. And really deep, so DJ had only three points, but I feel like he had some key plays down down the stretch. He and Precious with some, they seem to develop a little bit more chemistry than I've seen in a while between the two. Yeah. Uh, a couple really good passes that I remember. Yeah, and, that, you know, that's probably just a byproduct of them finally playing together. I imagine they were both split, spending a lot of time with Wiseman on the floor. Um, so, it's, you know, this is a new lineup. Basically, the team philosophy is kind of switching from learning to play with Wiseman and without Wiseman now. Yeah. Because um, even when he was suspended, you know, the the team was still playing like he was going to be back. So tough to do that midseason, but 
hey, we got a win down there. Uh, Tyler Harris and Lester were came out hot in the second half. I think Tyler ended up with, what, 19 or 17, something yep. like so, that. So yeah, 17 points on five of seven shooting, hit five of six free throws too. And, I mean, that you know, that's kind of the Tyler Harris we expected when he came out of Cordova, um, the guy who basically doesn't miss, Mr. First 48. And he's he's been great this year. Um, of course, he's had his ups and downs, but performances like that um, are what we need out of him, out of our sophomore leader, along with Alo, um, who also, you know, Alo's just solid, another solid floor game. Um, one thing we did struggle with was turnovers. I think we had 22 turnovers. Like we shot, we shot over fifty percent from the field, but we just couldn't get up enough shots because we kept turning that damn thing over. Yeah, that's really painful when you're watching the game and you're seeing, okay, he's about to pass, you know, to the other guard standing out there on the perimeter, but everyone else also knows that, and apparently, who our point guards bringing the ball down are not paying attention to the off-ball defender who's slowly creeping up into that passing lane. Yeah, a lot I think of lazy passes, man. A lot of, and I still see some of these moon passes. We had a lot of those mm. at the beginning of the season, and our guards are not tall enough to be doing that. They cannot right. be throwing a moon pass to another five ten guy. That isn't going to cut it. Yeah, and, and then we see fouls occur because of that. So, mm-hmm. um, if this team can ever cut down on just the sloppy turnovers, not even like the turnovers that you can live with, but just like the the mental mistakes. Um, then we'll be fine. But as you know, like Gary Parrish always goes back to saying college coaches say the hardest thing about coaching um, a young team is getting them to do what they do every day in practice in a game. <laughs> he says like, that's the most common thing right. from the coaches he talks to. And you kind of see that, you know, out with this team. Uh, I'm sure they're not throwing it all over the gym in practice and, you know, bricking all these shots. Um, so it's just going to take time. We have to remember this is not its not the Grizzlies, not the young Grizzlies, not the veteran NBA team. This is a bunch of 18- and 19-year-olds um, trying to figure out how to play as a team. Most of them have been the best player on their respective teams growing up. So when things get rough, they're the go-to to get a bucket. So you see that a lot, like when another team goes on a run. Uh, that's when the passing kind of stops and it's one-on-one pull-up jumpers, Dylan Brooks style. Um, and it's just, it's not boding well for the team. And, and that's what Penny keeps saying. Like these, is it's a work in progress. Um, and honestly, it's better that we're not playing our bas- best basketball of the season right now. Um, Cause that would be worrisome as much, even though we would be enjoying it. We want, you want to gel come February, March when you're heading into the conference tournament and NCAA tournament. Yeah. I think timing that peak out can mean the difference in you know not making the tournament or making it to the second weekend right so uh anything else on usf it was you know it's nice to get a win yeah it was a stressful game glad that tigers were able to claw claw back uh showed a lot of resiliency so hopefully they keep if they keep that momentum going i feel a little bit better about the cincinnati game right and i mean it's just good to care as much as we do again you know, like yeah, we're, we're at us, not only us, but just Tiger Twitter is fully invested in every game. We're back to living and dying with each turnover and each made shot. Like it's it's stressful, but, you know, it's it's what we look forward to. It's what we live for as sports fans. So 
uh, I would I would say to Tiger Nation, be patient. Um, even with James Wiseman, no one was expecting us to go undefeated throughout the season, or you shouldn't have been. I, I believe you and I went on our theater and college hoops podcast that we host on the Barn Burner Network podcast network, and uh, I think with Wiseman we were predicting like five or six losses. Um, so we're sitting at three right now, and you know all we have is conference games left. If we end with five or six losses. Now it seems like a failure on this team um, because we've kind of seen some glimpses of potential and we're just in the heat of the moment. But if you would have told us prior to the season that we would be without James Wiseman, uh, Lester would have some injuries and Boogie wouldn't be able to throw it in the broad side of of the ocean. uh, We would have signed up for 12 and three with losses to Oregon, who is about a top 10 team in the country, Wichita State, who, Really looks like one of the most competitive teams in the country. They've got a lot of size and, and consistent teams. Consistent, yeah. Even all the powerhouse blue bloods are taking L's right and left. Yeah, and yes. they're they're fighting through that, and they're that's not happening to them. Yep, exactly. And then the the loss to Georgia, kind of, you know, that was a game we shouldn't have lost, but it happens. Um, and it's if you look around the country, you look at these Hall of Fame coaches with rosters more experienced than ours everybody's losing to teams worse than Georgia. Uh, so just my message to Tiger Nation is the world's not falling with one win or loss. This team is going to be competitive throughout. Uh, the offense is ugly at times, but just give them a chance, stick with them. Uh, they're going to figure this thing out. In, uh, in Tiger news, just real quick, Mark Stein of what's it, New York Times. Yeah, New York Times just tweeted that the Nets just announced the signing of guard Jeremiah Martin to a, oh! two, to a two-way deal. Okay. So yeah, good man. good job, Jeremiah. That's awesome. There Glad to go. see some Tigers in the league. Hopefully he gets some run with the Nets. I mean, it definitely could happen. Yeah, get to they've got, practice they've got against couple, Kyrie. Yeah, they've got <laughs> guards who are, who are injury-prone, so he definitely could see some PT. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. Shout out to it's Jeremiah. Exciting. He was the only thing that gave us – glimmers of excitement for the past few years so definitely (laughs) (laughs) i mean and he's gonna live like in tiger nation lore because of that sticking with us and you know really carrying that team last year in penny's first season yep all right so moving into cincinnati uh nick cronin obviously is gone uh their longtime coach he's out at lsu now no ucla (laughs) No, that's what I meant, man. I, I, I don't know what meant. I was thinking. <laughs> it's, I, them, it, it's them letters. <laughs> and uh, it, UCLA fans are not very high on old Mick uh, right now. They, they've kind of been struggling this season. So I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out. I feel like I lost all my credibility by mixing up a couple letters. Damn. It's all good. Who are they coached uh, by now? Do what? Who are they coached by now? Who, LSU? <laughs> no, <Or>? little Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, John, John Brandon. So he, like you mentioned earlier, uh, they got their first row win of the year at UCF, the Taco Fallis UCF Golden Knights. Cincinnati's now ten and six, three and one in the conference. Uh, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the American Athletic Conference, and it, they put together their first win streak. Quote, you know, back-to-back win, so two-win streak since early December. Um, 
Yeah, first road win for the new coach. So kind of a mixed bag of mixed bag of tricks so far from Cincinnati. Kind of doing some reading on some of their blogs. They're they're not as confident as they were at the beginning of the season. You know, having the reigning conference player of the year. He he's uh, we'll get to the roster rundown in a second. Uh, but Memphis plays a little bit faster than Cincinnati, about 75 possessions per game to 70 for Cincinnati. So Tigers are definitely going to look to push that tempo. Most of their games where their offensive efficiency is better is based around that tempo. So the faster, the more efficient that Memphis is going to be because they don't end up as many in as many half-court sets, which are painful to watch for a lot of us. Very frustrating. Um, yeah, since he's got some ugly losses in that ten and six record, Colgate, Bowling Green, Tulane, uh, Ohio State's not ugly. Yeah, but they did. Uh, they did beat Tennessee, which at the time they thought was a good win, just like we did. Uh, but they were preseason number three in the American Conference uh, preseason polls, so uh, really kind of haven't lived up to expectations yet. Yeah, as far as uh, numerical rankings go in the net ranking. Memphis is at 25th. These are as of the 14th. We're recording on the 15th, but everything's updated through the 14th. Uh, net Memphis is 25. Cincinnati is 63. So n- in the net ranking, they are not not very favorable. So this would not be a quad one win for Memphis being a home game. If it was a road game at Cincinnati, it would be a quad one but it does not qualify at this point. Uh, Ken Paul, Memphis is 39, Cincinnati's 44, so much tighter there. And Haslametrics has them, Memphis 37, Cincinnati 49. So on paper, you know, they're not – several of the ranking systems have them pretty close. Right. Yeah, you hit on the Ken Palm ranking, uh, didn't you? We're 40, they're like 43 right behind us. Um, so – yeah, man, not a lot to say on that. <laughs> if we win, I mean, if we lose, it's going to be considered a bad loss. Yeah. It's a game that Memphis is favored by, what did we say it was? The line five, just came out. Five. Favored by five points at home. That's, you know, you take what you can get there. Uh, roster rundown, got Jaron Cumberland. He has a top 150 assist rate in the country. He's taking a lot of shots this year. Uh, over 10 shots a game, and he's shooting a shade under 40% from the field. 31 from free. free From three. Free. They ain't free. <laughs> uh, and he le- he's shooting 4.8 of those per game. So getting up a lot of shots, but not necessarily hitting all of them. They do have a, a seven-foot center. Yeah. So uh, yeah. who uh, Chris Vogt. I don't know. V-O-G-T. How do you, Va- do you know? I don't know. Vogt. Va- Va- I, I, I didn't do my uh, due diligence and look up the phonetic. The pronunciation guide. Pronunciation, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he came uh, with the coach from Northern Kentucky, right? He, they didn't have him last year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a, a transfer from Northern Kentucky. And he has 15 consecutive games scoring in double figures. So he, he's getting a lot of points. Highly efficient. He's top 10 in the NCAA in both effective field goal and true shooting percentage. 
He's averaging 13 and five points, six and a half boards, and one and a quarter, or sorry, almost one and a half blocks. So that's going to be uh, an interesting matchup down low. It's going to cause an issue for our guards when they try to get to the dish. It all, all these tall big men do. Yeah, and they got another seven footer on the bench. I don't know if he gets to play uh, that often, but I know they have another seven footer on the bench. But this guy, he's bought is seventy percent from the field. Like you said, just one of the most efficient players in America. So going to be interested to see how the Tigers deal with him. Uh, I, I saw they have another Cumberland on the roster. They got Jerron's cousin, a transfer from Oakland, who apparently is like their sharpshooter, mm-hmm. um, averaging about 10 a game off the bench. And against UCF, all he did was shoot threes. So that's the only game I've watched Cincinnati, so I'm calling him a shooter. <laughs> no, I mean, the numbers back you up there. He's shooting a shade under 40% from three, 10 points a game. Uh, another guy, Keith Williams, Pretty good three-point shooter. Doesn't shoot it a lot, though. But he's putting in 12 points and four rebounds on 10 attempts per game. So their scoring is spread out among a couple of guys. They've got um, so four guys in double figures. And their Ooh. main – one of their big rebounders is Trayvon Scott. He's got four double-doubles this year. Uh, he's 6'8". 225 and he gets nine rebounds per game so that's going to be a really really key for the tigers to get get a body on him uh, with him plus the seven footer i don't know if we face too many teams that have had that kind of size wichita what wasn't small yeah they uh echenique he's seven footer and then uh, yeah i believe they had another uh, pretty big guy as well yeah, so um, this Cincy team is experienced, man. That is one thing that they have. Uh, Cumberland and Scott, both seniors. Then and and so both Cumberlands are seniors and bought, and they're they're grad transfers. And Keith Williams, I think he, he's three. He's junior, senior. He's been there for a while. I know. I, I remember him playing a lot. Um, so definitely a clash of of styles when it comes to upperclassmen versus lowerclassmen. Yeah, they're they have so Memphis's experience is like decimals point something yeah and with it being the youngest team cincinnati has over two years of experience on average so that's taking into account the freshmen which is almost top 50 in the country so yeah like you said definitely uh this is grown men we're playing some grown men (laughs) yeah like if these guys were going to the nba they'd be older than uh most of the rookies (laughs) you know yeah so uh just when you're playing an experienced team like that that uh they they won the American last year. They won the conference tournament, uh, won three games in FedEx form. They've beaten Memphis six times in a row. So they've got that confidence going for them. Uh, but they do have a new coach. And you know, like I said, like I said earlier, that's no excuse. This Memphis should win this game. Yeah, Memphis, even Cincinnati folks are saying Memphis is more talented. The experience yeah. is probably the the biggest uh, separation there. So some of Cincinnati's strengths, they have a top 40 defense. <clears throat> I feel like that's always. <laughs> I feel like yeah, for, I mean, when you think of Cincinnati, you think of like a tough, 
a tough, hard-nosed, like, bully ball team. That's what yeah. I think of, at least. Yeah, me too. And then you add in the size that they have. That, yeah, that can be a problem defensively, especially for a team that likes to turn it over and uh, not score a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, and and who – I mean, we specialize at scoring at the rim. So yeah. if if we get intimidated and start trying to stretch the floor and shoot threes and we're unable to shoot them as we have been pretty much all year, that's not good. I don't want to have the most pessimistic outlook, but that's some, certainly something to be on the lookout for. Uh, Cincinnati also convert has a high rate of converting their second chance points, so we got to keep them off the offensive glass because they're gonna, especially when you're shooting seventy percent. You know, probably mo- mo- the majority of that, I'm sure, is at the rim. Uh, we got to keep them off the offensive boards. Yeah, uh, some uh, of their weaknesses is they turn the ball over a lot so it could get it could be a pretty sloppy game if if Memphis controls the pace and that's probably going to mean a lot of turnovers for both teams and then three point shooting that's not that's not really one of their strengths they're shooting 31% which is bottom 100 in the country yeah 259th to be exact in the Ooh. country <laughs> man we thought our shooting was bad we you know we're at a 33.7 clip, uh, which is 147 in the country, which is nothing to write home about. But since he's even worse, crazy that uh, two decimal or, you know, two, two points. Percentage points. Yeah. It makes yeah. that much difference. Yeah. I do have some news that we need to share. Wichita State has lost to Temple. So we just, Ooh, we, gave them, them. we just gave them a nice BJ and uh, they backfired on us. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, guys. Yeah, it's not what we needed. But then, Tem- I don't even know where Temple was ranked in the conference. Not super high, was it? They were they uh they're nine and six overall. I think they have one conference win, if 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 that. Yeah. Temple, not- man, always playing the spoiler. Yeah, but the uh the American is not here to mess around this year, you know. All Tulane beat Cincinnati. Um, so a lot of these smaller teams are becoming competitive. Or not smaller, but historically shitty teams are looking to be competitive <laughs> to put <laughs> it nicely shitty. <laughs> uh, but anyways back to Cincy um yeah so I think to me some of the keys of the game are convert those Cincinnati turnovers to fast break points yeah. take advantage of those and then doing our best job to protect the rim for Cincinnati to shoot from distance yeah, I was reading uh, Down the Drive, which is a Cincinnati blog. I think it was probably the one you were on earlier as well. And they said most of the season teams have just set back in a zone and let them fire away because they've been so bad from three-point mm-hmm. land. So going to be interesting to see how we attack that defensively. Yeah, see if Pensy, Pensy, Penny comes out with a zone. Uh, we'll see what our, what he comes up with. Mixing words together and stuff. Dang. Yeah, so uh, what about some of our guys? Precious, he's averaging 15 and a half and 10 boards. DJ and Lester both averaging uh, almost 11 points per game, and Tyler's just under 10 points per game. Um, while we're right here, DJ Jeffries is a key to this team, and I think his struggles slash battle with the flu have been a big proponent of, of why we've looked so bad recently because um, we really do rely on him. And when he's scoring zero and three points and he's 
probably our second best player. You can, you know, argue he might be anywhere from two to four, but one of our better players and definitely one of the guys we rely on on the offensive end. If we can't get him going, then we're going to be in trouble, especially against a team like Cincinnati, um, who is very solid defensively. DJ has size, so he's more he can you know go in and attack these big guys. Take uh, maybe take take them off the dribble, pull them out to the perimeter. So I'm I'm thinking we need a big game from DJ tomorrow. Yeah, that definitely is a good point. I really he was really seeming to put things together. He really showed out in the Tulane game where he was pretty near a triple double, 14 points, seven in rebounds, and eight assists. And then he got the bug, didn't play against Georgia, and then yeah, pretty minimal performances the last two games and that I, I agree that has hurt Memphis uh greatly he scored in double figures it's what is it one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve times this season damn that's that's very surprising to me for whatever reason yeah. he's, he's kind of like a quiet score unless he hits a couple threes it's not a it's not a lot of you know crazy plays really he's just tip-ins, around the basket, laying it up, yeah. seems like. Yeah, he shoots – I mean, solid. He's shooting 54% from the field. But, it, it, like you said, it's not usually something super flashy. But he's that guy who can add that extra threat to your offense. So you got Tyler who can stretch the floor, hit the threes, right? But yeah. he's not going to be scoring at the rim most likely. But DJ can do both. And if he's able to create that penetration, he, he has the passing ability – yeah. To make the make little pocket passes over to Precious, who's going to finish, or to kick it out to, you know, Less or maybe Boogie. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't call it, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to believe, man. We got to keep faith in Boogie. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, DJ. If DJ can improve, like we've seen Precious improve, not saying oh. be as good as Precious, but just kind of we see that that jump. Uh, to the college game, his high school game kind of translates to the college game, then no one's going to want to play us, uh, especially with the chemistry between the two, seeming to get better uh, down the stretch in Tampa at South Florida. If they can continue to play off of each other and the guards, you know, can figure out where they need the ball, then that's dangerous. If you've got two six, seven, six, eight guys who can handle the ball, take you off the bounce, and also uh, block shots, DJ's great defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the ball off the rim and go, that will make us dangerous. And that's something that I don't think a lot of teams in the country have to offer. Yeah, um, he he's definitely like that. He is the key to taking us to the next level, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, but while we're kind of comparing him and Precious, Precious has been great. Uh, like I don't think any of us expected him to do what he's doing with Wiseman or without. kind of – thoughts around precious coming in where he's very raw like you just want him to run up and down the court and like rebound and block shots and don't don't touch the ball offensively unless it's a dunk um, but he's proven and we, we were talking about it uh, during the game he's hitting some threes and his shot looks good uh, for the most part I think he's hit four out of his last six threes I want to say um, so he's not and he's not forcing a lot of bad ones which is another uh, tough thing to do when you're a college freshman uh, trying to drive, drive up your lottery stock. Uh, there's an article today 
yeah, Auburn is losing to Alabama right now. Tell Mona, just hit us in the comments. Uh, so <laughs> the teams are going down all over the country. Um, so that's why I'm saying we can't feel bad about the loss to Georgia or the loss at Wichita State. We're seeing all these teams, more experienced, um, proven head coaches who are falling. Tigers just got to stick with it. But back to Precious, ESPN Plus released a, a article today, the best college basketball players, and it was seniors, all levels. Precious came in at number 13. Okay. Um, Pey- Peyton Pritchard was in the top 10. Your usual su- suspects were up there, but I thought that was some nice respect for Precious and what he's done so far this year. In the mock drafts, he's top 10 everywhere. Um, he hasn't fallen. His stock is only going to continue to rise. And, you know, he, he was someone that we thought might fall out of the lottery. And the thought was like, oh, is Precious going to hurt Penny's uh, like how, perception as a coach because Precious falls out of the lottery? And he's done the exact opposite, moving yeah. up um, and getting better with every game he plays. So, man, I just wanted to take that time to – Shout out Precious and what he's done so far. It, it almost seems like we're taking it for granted. Every now and then we're like, oh, man, Precious is awesome. Uh, but he, we are seeing something special with what he's doing as a freshman, even if he's almost 21. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just been incredible. I feel like he started off the season pretty slow with Wiseman, but Wiseman leaving has really allowed Precious to flourish and showcase what – what kind of player he can be. And Almost I, like it pissed him off, you know? Yeah, like he, he stepped up and was like, it took a few games, but then he stepped up and was like, yeah, fine, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah, because, I mean, he came here to play alongside Wiseman. Mm-hmm. He, he's repeatedly, apparently told the coaching staff he doesn't want to play the five, um, but he, he does like <laughs> throughout the game. We, yeah, he is. We're he at our best guy. when he's the five, and, you know, we got DJ – Lester, Tyler, and Alo in there right now. Not saying that won't change throughout the year because um, we do have some talented guys on the bench like Boogie, Damian Ba. Um, but yeah, man, just yeah. If, if pressure, he should. I don't think he should be worried about playing the five because if he just keeps playing like like he is, then they'll find a way to put him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just showcase your skills, play hard, and that's what he's done. So. You don't see him complaining during the game when he's when he's at the five. You know he's not yeah. like, "What the fuck, coach?" Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> said I didn't want to play center. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's hit on uh, Jaden Hardaway. How do you feel about Jaden and his playing time, Zach? Um, I would be okay if he and his yellow shoes were not out there on the court when I turned on the TV. <laughs> that, you know, I'd be okay with that. That seems to be the prevailing thought among among Tiger fans. Let I will say, and I tweeted this during the game. I appreciate that Jaden gets open. He finds the open seams so his teammates can hit him. And when they when they do, he doesn't pump fake and pass up the shot. He lets it fly. Now he hasn't made a whole lot of them, but it's better than him taking one like pump fake and taking one dribble and turning it open. So, shouts to Jaden for not being scared to shoot it and getting open. By getting open, though, you mean standing where in a predictable spot where his teammates know where he'll be at. Hey, he but seems maybe, wide open every time he catches the ball. <laughs> they got the scout report on him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, what else you want to hit on? Uh, let's see. What what uh, other games we got coming up? 
Dude, it's, we only got the one game this week. And yeah, then, not another one until we're at Tulsa. Tulsa's uh, near the top of the conference right now, and then and then at home at that Saturday against SMU. So those are we got a pretty tough little stretch here. Yeah, we do. And Tulsa beat East Carolina tonight. Uh, Houston beat SMU. So uh, East Carolina just beat someone too. Maybe oh, they beat Tulane. I think. Do not sleep. On East Carolina. Oh, they got your boy, don't they? Yeah, Jane Gardner is <laughs> he's a hooper. So do not sleep on ECU. And also by seeing Tulane, I think they're uh they're a better team than their record shows, also. Yeah, I don't think Ron Hunter is gonna have to walk on water or whatever it was he said when they asked him if they if Tulane was gonna finish last, because that's what they were voted in the preseason. He said he would walk on water if they finished last and uh, he got a bunch of grad transfers. They got some experience. KJ Lawson is playing well, but yeah, I, I think you're right. And uh, Tulsa's got Frank Haith coaching them. They they look solid as well. So the con- the conference is going to be tough. Those six losses it's going to be hard to stay uh, with less than six losses. I think, but I think we can do it. It's very possible. I, even though the Americans not the strongest conference, it still feels like a bloodbath every year. Yeah, yeah. Can can you tell the people how you felt after those two losses? Because I, I think people need to sympathize. You know, they need to hear that they're not alone. So can you just kind of walk us through your emotions after during the Wichita State game as we fell behind and just how you were feeling about the state of Tiger basketball? I was not in a good place. I will <laughs> say that much, at least. Seeing that Georgia game unfold – in front of my eyes, and Memphis fail to execute, make turnovers, not make smart plays, have not run offensive sets. That was very that was very frustrating to witness, and it was bad timing for possibly looking at the schedule right now, possibly the toughest game of the year, following up right after that one. Uh, even though we weren't favored for that, it felt like we were going to get that bounce back win, and then we came out and. The the final score doesn't reflect it, but we really were not in that Wichita State game for eighty five percent of it. And so then I was, when, I was, when we were, we turned it over. <laughs> yeah, we we couldn't close it out. I thought for sure we would drop out of the rankings, which I felt like was probably justifiable. But guess what? That game was on a Tuesday, and about twenty four other ranked teams lost between then and the next time the rankings came out. So the committee only dropped us a few points or the, the AP voters only dropped us a few spots in the polls. And so really it kind of got swept under the rug that Memphis lost that game, at least in the AP, it was almost like a freebie loss. Yeah. And what a lot of people were saying was voters had not punished Memphis for Wiseman leaving the team. Uh, do we use the Q word? Are, are, are we are we like uh, Calkins and Parrish? Or do we say when when he quit the team? Quit the team because <laughs> uh, he did. But we're not going to get into that. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, that's, we, our text thread. Oh, if y'all can see it between me, Zach, and Sam, we've had some battles in there recently. Um, whether it be about Wiseman or the Tigers' offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang, what, what were we just talking about? 
That's a good question. That is a good question. I don't know why I brought wise. Oh, you were asking me about you were asking me about how, how I you about feel about losses. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, I but... think that going forward, oh, yeah, no. oddly enough, Memphis can kind of if they can just tread treading water in kind of flying under the radar could be one of the better things for them as the more high profile and the other schools that have overachieved as they start getting losses and getting brought back down to earth and Memphis can just maintain status quo and, you know, continue to do well in conference or start to do well in conference, then we might be a little closer to on track than at least how I felt last week. (laughs) Now, let me see if this makes you feel a little bit better. Now, you know, I'm a, every week attendee uh, to the congregation of Pastor Parrish. So I remembered that he had written an article about other teams that started uh, all freshmen. Granted, Memphis doesn't do that anymore with ALO starting, but for the most part, this exercise still still is uh, valuable. Okay. Uh, the teams that have started five freshmen, 91-92 Michigan, also known as the Fab Five, uh, they they actually didn't start five freshmen until like 20 games into the season. Neither here nor there. 13 and 14 Kentucky, 17 and 18 Kentucky. What do you think the combined record of those three teams in their conference games were? And I will tell you that they played 54 conference games combined. So three seasons of conference play. They played 54 total games. How many wins do you think they put together? 40. 33. Those three teams went 33 and 21 in conference play. What do you think the highest seed one of those teams got in the NCAA tournament was? Uh, Now we're talking the Fab Five, 13 and 14 Kentucky, 17 and 18 Kentucky. I feel like I should remember the Kentucky ones because those are pretty recent, but I'm going to say like a four. None were better than a five seed. Okay, Okay, so – these are the three young teams that everyone was comparing Memphis to coming in. They combined to go 33 and 21 in conference games. They weren't higher than a five seed. All of them made the Sweet 16. Two of them made the national championship game. So this is proof that freshmen gel as the season goes on. They continue to get better. And at the end of the day, talent prevails in college basketball. So I say that to hopefully take some of this pressure off of Tiger Nation, including you and our dear friend Sam. <sighs> Exhale. We got freshmen. It's going to be up and down, just like we expected John Morant to be with the Grizzlies, which has not been the case. But, you know, we just got to stick with it. This team is going to get better. The proof is in the pudding. Freshman team, Freshman-led teams are not that great. <laughs> All that Does being that, said, if we lose to Cincinnati tomorrow, the sky's falling. You're right. <laughs> All this goes out the window if we lose to Cincinnati tomorrow. But I just thought that was interesting. 33 and 21 in conference play. Like, I, I did not expect that. Yeah, that is surprising. None of those teams higher than a five seed. Like, right now, the, the math says in the net, if we're a 25, that's equivalent to a six seed. Um, so, you know, we're not too far off base there. It's not the top four seed that we were hoping to get at the beginning of the year, but we are obviously not the same team that we thought we were going to be. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else you got? That wraps it up on my end. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. Uh, as the homie Telmona won, San, San Diego State, only undefeated team left in D1. Who would have thought it? Not us. <laughs> I didn't call that one. <laughs> I live about an hour and a half from San Diego, and I've seen San Diego State play zero times. So I'm going to put that on my priority list for this week. See see what, see what they're talking about. I'm sure our guys at Theater and College Hoops will have a podcast up soon. I mean, the, the past week has been crazy, so I'm waiting on another podcast from those guys. I, I think they actually recorded not too long before we did. Good. Good to hear. Good so, yeah. to hear. You guys check out the Barnburner Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Check out the-barnburner.com. I'm going to get a, a preview of the Cincinnati game uh, up in the morning and look there for some Grizzlies content, Tigers content, and more podcasts. Uh, if you have any feedback, you can tweet at us at the underscore Barnburner. And until next time, we'll see you later. Go Tigers! Go Tigers!